0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Last week, we concluded John chapter 17, the Lord's Prayer. It's also called the High Priestly Prayer. In this prayer, Jesus prayed for himself, Jesus prayed for the disciples, and Jesus prayed for all believers. John chapter 13 through 16, Jesus had been talking to the disciples about the Father. John chapter 17, Jesus talks to the Father about the disciples or about us. After talking to the people about God, he talks to God about people. Or after he preached, he prayed. Now in John chapters two through 12, we find the Lord's ministry to the world. John chapter 13 through 17, the hour of Jesus hanging on the cross is approaching. Are y'all with me? You'll notice in John chapter two through 12, Jesus has been saying my hours had not yet come. My hour had not yet come. But beginning in John 13 through 17, Jesus says my hour has come. And when Jesus talks about the hour, he's not talking about 60 minutes. He's talking about the hour that he came to die. This hour in our text. In just about 14 hours, actually. Beginning in chapter 18 through 21, and you might want to write this down. 18 through 21, we come to the final events in the life and the ministry of Jesus. Chapter 18 through 21 is the climax of Jesus' life. Listen, if you're a Christian, Chapter 18 is what it's all about. Chapter 18 is the peak of history. Chapter 18 is the mountaintop or the summit of our Christianity. Every saint, every Christian, Old Testament and new, has been waiting for this chapter. Every man who has ever been redeemed looks to this chapter because it's here in John chapter 18 that our redemption begins. Can somebody say amen? John chapter 18 is all about our salvation. Let's get to it. John chapter 18, picking up in verse 1, saints, I've titled this sermon, Betrayal. John chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. Verse one, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the book Kidron, underline that, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. And then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. And Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and he said to them, who are you seeking? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now, when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. And then he asked them again, whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these disciples go their way that the same might be fulfilled of which he spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. And then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was who, saints? Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put your sword in the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Shall I not drink the cup? Underline that, the cup. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. The betrayal of Jesus is found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each writer presents a different aspect or picture of Jesus. So you would need to read all four accounts to get a complete picture. Each account presents a different picture and a different purpose in mind. Don't you remember I told you in the introduction where in, in John, I told you that the reason John was writing uh, his epistle was to present to us Jesus as God. John's whole purpose, listen, is not that hard. John's whole purpose and reason for writing the gospel of John is so that he might reveal to us or that he might unveil to us Jesus as the son of God. John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31 tells us, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe. When you see the word that, It's always answering a question. These are written that, here's why, you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. So John wants us to see Jesus as God. So he highlights the deity of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, got a pen? We see more of the humanity of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see Jesus in agony, in anguish in the garden. We find him in sorrow and crying and sweating great drops of blood. That's the humanity and that's the humiliation of Jesus in the garden. But John doesn't write from that view or that vantage point. John wants us to see Jesus as God. And so John zeroes in on the arrest because the arrest, look at me, Because the arrest, believe it or not, highlights his deity. The arrest highlights his deity and glorifies Jesus as God. Now, from an earthly standpoint, listen, there is nothing more humiliating and nothing more debasing and nothing more embarrassing than to be publicly arrested. Uh, Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Hey Amen. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. But some of y'all know that, that y'all know this move. I didn't do it. I don't don't get in that car. Some of y'all know y'all recognize this. <laughs> right. So there's nothing more en- embarrassing. Then to be publicly arrested and listen, it's even worse when you look across the street and you see your friend talking to the police and giving a statement. And then the friend drives away and you have been sold out. And then they march you off and they beat you and they brutalize you and then they crucify you. Well, that's what happened to Jesus as he watched Judas betray him. Now, we need to understand, listen, this arrest was like no other arrest in the history of mankind. Because this arrest, the one being arrested is in charge. The one being arrested is in charge. Remember that. Tuck that away. Nobody took his life. Do you understand, Christian? We need to correct that misnomer. Nobody took his life. Nobody killed Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus willingly laid down his life, that he willingly gave his life. Can I get two saints to say amen? He willingly, you ought to be thankful for that. He willingly gave his life. The nails couldn't hold him to the cross. Love did. I'm going to tweet that because I like it. The nails didn't hold him to the cross. Love did. Nobody took him and arrested him by force. Jesus specifically and intentionally, watch this, positioned himself to be arrested. So immediately after his prayer in John chapter 17, Jesus leads his disciples across the Kidron Valley into the Garden of Gethsemane. You going with me in January? You're going to be so blessed. This, I can't, I've lost count. This may be uh, anywhere between 12 and 14 times I've been to Israel, lost count. First time my wife went, this will be her fourth or fifth. The first time my wife went, she cried the entire time. <laughs> Literally the entire time. At breakfast, she is crying. We get on the bus, she is Crying. The entire time she cried. So I figured I had to take her back again because she didn't see anything. <laughs> because she cried the entire time. Okay, so I took her back the next time. And she did better that time. So amazing. So amazing. If you want to go, there still might be able to squeeze you in. So awesome. January 2015, so amazing. We Won't go again for two more years, so you might want to jump in on this trip or maybe start saving and plan to go on uh, the next trip. But Jesus leads his disciples across the Kidron Valley into the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, you put the gospel accounts together. Listen, Matthew chapter 26 tells us after Jesus celebrated the Passover with the disciples, he sang a praise song or he sang a hymn. Or he sang the Hallel songs. The Hallel Psalms are Psalm 113 through Psalm 118. Jesus sang a song. Can you imagine like sitting there singing worship with Jesus? Isn't that awesome? I mean, Pastor Matt is good. <laughs> but Jesus, okay. Jesus led worship. Isn't that awesome? That's just, that's just an awesome thing to me. So, come with me. Jesus leaves the upper room. While walking along, he gives the vine and the branch discourse. Crosses the book of Kidron, where there was a garden and they entered. Judas knew that's where they would be able to find Jesus. Now, the word Kidron, got a pen? Write it down. The word Kidron means murky, dark, murky, dark, Keep in mind, it's the Passover. The Passover is celebrated on the 14th day of Nisan. The city is bulging with people from all over the known world to celebrate the Passover. If you wanted to know how many Jews were, get this, if you wanted to know how many Jews were in Jerusalem during the Passover, they didn't count the people. They weren't allowed to count the people. Why? Because David numbered the people. Don't you remember when David numbered the people in First Chronicles, chapter 21, David numbered the people and God punished him. So they didn't number the people, and even today in Israel, they don't number people. If a Jew was having a party or having a potluck, and he needed to know how many people um, were coming, they would say, not one, not two, not three, not four, that way they were not numbering the people, which I think is great, actually. So it's the day of the Passover and the priest inspected a lamb. And once the lamb passed the inspection and received this inspection sticker, it was slaughtered and sacrificed. And Josephus tells us that there were as many as 250,000 lambs being slaughtered in a two hour window. That's a lot of blood. The priests were soaked in blood. The pavement ran with blood. The people would track the blood through the city. During the Passover, so the blood would flow down. Get this in your mind's eye, try at least. The blood would flow down from the Temple Mount into the brook of Kidron, making the water murky and dark and smelled because dried blood, old blood, it just stinks. Jesus left the upper room, he headed down the mountain, he steps over the brook into the valley and he saw the blood mingle with water. And here is my sanctified imagination. You gotta wonder what was in his heart, what was in his mind as he crossed the brook. Maybe he's thinking in just a few short hours, the lamb of God will hang from an old rugged cross and a soldier will push a spear in his side and watered mingled with blood will flow from his side. Maybe, just maybe. And Jesus will cross the brook, head up the mountain, and halfway up the mountain is the Garden of Gethsemane. Got your pen? Gethsemane means olive press, olive crush. That's fitting because... In just a few hours, Jesus is going to be pressed and crushed as he submits himself to the will of the Father. Luke chapter 22, again, we're putting the story together. Luke chapter 22 tells us he was so pressed that he began to sweat great drops of blood. Hematridosis is what we call it, medical uh, professionals call it, where the blood capillaries um, burst because they burst through the skin like sweat because of intense anguish and intense agony and intense strain. It is a medical condition. Then he said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup of suffering pass from me. Notice, watch this, and I'm coming back to this, okay? Let this Cup of suffering, passed from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Look at verse two. Judas knew the place to find Jesus because Jesus had gone there many times to meet with the Father in prayer. And John tells us regularly, Jesus would stop at Gethsemane to pray. But listen, Jesus went to the place regularly to talk to the Father, but he also went to that place at this time. Why? Because it was the easiest place for them to get him. Hmm. the easiest place for them to get him. Remember I told you this arrest was like no other arrest and Jesus was in charge. Jesus wanted the arrest to take place where he wanted it to take place. Think about it. Jesus was popular. A lot of people liked him, but if Jesus had been arrested in Jerusalem, that may have caused an insurrection that may have torn the city, and maybe even the disciples killed. Jesus goes to Gethsemane to make it easy, and, 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 and he takes the disciples with him to prove to them that he is no victim, that he is a victor. He goes there that they can see that he voluntarily surrendered. Nobody took Jesus. He voluntarily surrendered. Nobody killed Jesus. He laid down his life for the sheep. Nobody killed him, took his life. He gave it. For God so loved the world that he gave his son and then his son gave his life. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Mm Mm-hmm. John chapter 17, John chapter 10, pardon me, verse 17 tells us just that. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Notice, are y'all with me? I lay down my life that I may take it again. And no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. Look at verse three. Then Judas, having received a detachment. So let's put the story together. Don't you remember I told you that John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 are five chapters crammed into one night. So let's put the story together from John chapter 13. You remember Jesus and his disciples are sitting around the triclinium, the three-sided table, you know, the Lord's Supper. And Jesus told Judas to go and do what he was going to do and go do it quickly. The Bible tells us Satan entered him. So Judas went to the chief priest. He gets up from the table. He goes to the chief priest, the elders, the temple police to make a deal of 30 pieces of silver to capture Jesus. He agreed to identify Jesus to the Roman soldiers with a kiss. And so Jesus is praying. Judas and a detachment of soldiers, officers, chief priests, and Pharisees came with lanterns and torches and weapons to arrest the meekest man on the earth. That's a little overkill. 600 soldiers, chief priests, Pharisees, officers, lanterns, torches, weapons, to arrest the meekest man on the earth. Now, a detachment or some of your Bibles might say a cohort, a detachment or a cohort is one tenth of a legion, one tenth of a legion. A legion is how many soldiers? Six thousand. Don't you remember? Jesus said, I could call twelve legions of angels. I don't need your help. I could call 12 legions, 12 legions, 6,000. Six times 12 is what? 72,000 angels. Jesus said, if I I needed help, I don't need your help. I could call, somebody say amen. (laughs) I could call 72,000 angels would show up right here, right now and take care of business. I don't need your help. So 6,000, a tenth of 6,000 is what, saints? 600. 600 soldiers, temple police, elders, chief priests, Pharisees, all enter the garden to arrest Jesus. Judas wakes up to Jesus and and, and walks up to Jesus, pardon me, and, and he greets him. He says, greeting, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And in the Greek language, listen, it's in the present perfect tense. That means he continually kissed him. He kissed him, kissed him, kissed him, smothered him with kisses. Just like, it nah, 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 nah. wasn't like, you know, and then they knew. It was, he smothered him with kisses. Just over and over and over, much like Miss Elvira does when I get home from work. <laughs> Every day. I allow this. Smothered them with kisses. And, 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 and even if you, if, you, if you attend this, you know I told you this. I remember some years ago, and now it was years ago, that this gentleman, maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago, I don't know. This gentleman who, um, in some other countries even today, men kiss men. I mean, that's just, and, and not in any other way, but just as a greeting, men kiss men. And I want to say even Italians, even in our country, is, is that right? Is anybody Italian in, in there? Uh, do men, like, men, you just kiss, on, a, like that, right? Okay, so this person obviously was not from this country. He was from the Middle East, and I could just tell by the skin color and so on and so forth. And what he's saying his language was very broken, and England was very broke. English was very broken broken. But he um he was just so excited, he was a Christian, so excited to be in the sanctuary. And and I remember it, I don't know if you guys remember when service used to be over. I used to stand right here and and, and try to and try to meet people right here. And uh, I remember standing right there and he came up, oh, he was so excited about the sermon, and he kissed me. And and I think he, he got like a quarter of my lip. <laughs> he, he got like a quarter. I think it was more like half, but I know it was a quarter. He got he got like a quarter, and I was just like, you know, I ain't used to it. I'm from Philly, y'all. You know, we don't kiss people. We punch them, okay? So he got half my lip. I was like, hey, yo, 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 yo. Yo, man, I ain't like, hey, I ain't going out like that. I don't roll like that. You know, you know, when you try to man up, you know, I ain't roll like, you gotta throw this in there. I ain't roll, hey, look, man, I ain't roll like that. (laughs) And he kissed me, and it was just like, you know, because in some countries, that's just what they do. And and he was just really, really excited. So Judas, he walks up to Jesus. He's not so excited. He walks up to Jesus and he kisses Jesus a way to identify him to the soldiers. Look at verse 4. Notice Jesus isn't hiding behind some bush. I love this. Y'all get that? He isn't hiding behind some bush. Jesus steps forward knowing all this is going to happen. And he said, who are you seeking? What are you looking for? And at this point, listen, things are on autopilot in Jesus' life and ministry. Acts 2.23 Jesus is offered by tells the Bible tells us Jesus is offered by the predetermined and foreknowledge of God. Things are on autopilot. But notice what I want you to see is the courage of Jesus. He steps forward. He's not hiding behind some bush. He went forth. You know, today, uh, this weekend, I was talking to a friend about courage and I was telling him that courage is a missing virtue in our culture today. Courage is a missing virtue in our culture. Today, people have internet courage. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They got internet courage. They want to blow you up or say something to you. They got, you know, boom. And they want to send you, you know, they want to, they want to tell you what they want to tell you. On the Look, I'm just talking to Christians. Christians, don't be like that. People got internet courage, you know, they're going to blow you up on an email, tell you what they got to tell you on email or through a text message or on Facebook. You know, the internet is good, but it is not for that reason. And especially for Christians, some Christians, clap your hands and say amen. Only the Christians. Uh-huh. It ain't for that reason.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Carry